Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Hi, Dad. Hello, face-to-face, Stephen. Nice to do it face-to-face, isn't it? (laughs) See each other and uh, use the good equipment for our podcast. Yeah. Other than relying on the internet. How are you? I'm well, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Still knocking out all the pictures. Oh, yes. Lots and lots of pictures. Yep. For everyone. I've gone back to my cats and dogs over the last couple of weeks. Have you? Yeah, cats and dogs again. Um, But, um, you know, we've got lots of plans for the future and we've got lots of exciting things coming up. Mm. And uh, you've got a stack of uh, great projects waiting to go out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there is. I, I can't even begin to tell you, listeners, how many well into double figures well into double double figures of of memory cards and projects and like it's crazy i've got so much editing to do well i i i had a i had a um a wonderful run since the beginning of the year as you know and i just couldn't leave it alone i mean i I love i've always loved doing it but uh, i just one project after the other projects and i kept saying to you another one steve another one steve because i send them to you to keep you in in the in the loop yeah so to speak and it wasn't until after about a dozen of them and i thought blimey i'm building them up here and yeah. now i've got a whole load of um, projects that i haven't given you i know which uh, is but it's great it's great because people now realize that this thing's going to go on and on and on and on and on and on yeah. and it's not going to stop which is good because yeah. i'm full of it at the moment yeah and uh, the members are appreciating it aren't they yeah and the YouTube people. Absolutely. There'll be more more videos coming out, more more projects, more stunning projects. The one that I plan to get up over the weekend, which I need to tell you, mm-hmm. is to get the stuff over to me so we can put it up, is Paul Pero. Oh, my goodness me. That's, That's a, a very long one. I think it's it about seven hours, I think, in the end of footage. So... But that's great, isn't it? Because There's so much in that picture. Oh, there is. Yeah, we can talk about it perhaps on the feedback show or, or next week. Mm-hmm. But... The uh, it, there is so much, and I resisted doing it for a long time, mainly because, as you know, the original is a great big one. Uh, okay, one, yeah. But uh, I couldn't make it that big, so I thought, well, let's cut it down a little bit. So it's now A4, but it still worked out really well, and uh, and better than ever. So, and I put a few new things in there. So, I think people are going to love it. Polpero Harbour, isn't it down in Cornwall? Is That's it Cornwall? right. Yeah. 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 So if people want a Google image, see beautiful pictures of that lovely place. There are. And there'll yeah. be, a, there'll be a, a picture, hopefully. Originally, um, uh-huh. if because if, if, uh, I don't think I've ever spoken about it, we were on holiday. That's uh, how it came about. And uh, you were in a pushchair, Steve. Was I? You were, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it. No, you wouldn't remember it, but you were in a pushchair. So give me, it was at 1986. Six, I think we went down there. <laughs> well, that's good because I wasn't born then. Oh, was it? Oh, well, it's a little later than that. It might have been. It might couldn't have been you then, Steve. It might have been Vicky. It might have oh, been Vicky was in the push chair because I was uh, not around then. <laughs> oh well, well, folks, I was a year later. It wasn't Steve showing my age. <laughs> Everyone's going to think, "Oh, he's young." Yes, I'm thirty. Anyway, um, but anyway, I know someone was in the push as we were pushing them around, <laughs> and, and and we had to go round the other side of Pulpero to get a good view. And I took I took several pictures and put them together. 
So oh. it wasn't just one photograph. I had several pictures and I put them together for that. Uh, so um, no, we've got lots of fond memories of that. Yeah. But the, the two characters, you'll see a couple of characters, or three characters in the, in the foreground, they, they weren't there. They've been made up. I found them on the... Well, they weren't in the original. No, 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 no. They no. weren't in the original. No, they, they've, been, uh, they've been added. Right. Oh, good. Well, that will be... That'll be up probably over the weekend. I'll get you to send me that stuff tonight. Yeah, and we'll do. Tomorrow I'll, I'll put it up. Okay. Um, so, yes, look out for that. Um, great. Well, we've got some questions this week. The first one came on Facebook from Dolph. Um, and I've condensed it a little bit to hit, to Dolph's question. Um, it starts with, I am doing a lot of sketching on grid paper and it is horrible as I've just ruined an A2 size piece of paper as I have to draw the grid myself. Do you know any proper alternative that may help reduce my workload? So he's drawing the grid at the moment. Yeah, well, I used to do that right from way, way, way back. I used to draw grids out and uh, it, it, the, the problem was you had to get rid of the grid. I was going to say, didn't you, you have, have to rub, rub it, it all out? out. Yeah, <laughs> you know, once you've done the drawing, you have to make the drawing, uh, you know, strong enough so that you can get rid of all the grid lines. And sometimes they they can be, you know, not got rid of. Yeah, you can ruin it. Um, but this was the only way uh, you could do it. But of course, there has been uh, now we've got the square drawing, which are fantastic because you then put the transparent grid over your reference photograph, and then you copy through onto onto gridded paper. But the white paper, sketching paper, sketching paper. No, no, or just no, cartridge paper. No cartridge paper. Okay, okay. You 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 do it onto cartridge paper, and then you then can then transfer that grid once you've got it. Because all the mistakes you see, you can rub out, you can change, you can alter mm-hmm. on the cartridge paper, which has got the grid lines on, and then you transfer it by means of the trans- trace down onto your drawing surface being uh, your engray paper or your watercolour paper or your sketching paper. So let me get this in steps then. Certainly. You've got the reference picture with the A4 square drawing grid on. That's right. So providing that the reference picture he's using is A4, but if not, you well, can blow it up to that size. You can blow it up to that. It's always best to have it quite large if you're going to do it because you always reduce the picture in the end but uh, no i'd always start with an a4 okay if if for instance you wanted a larger picture you still have that reference picture yeah with the a4 grid on but yeah. therefore on your uh, cartridge paper you have that larger so you can have a larger grid therefore you make it much, much so bigger. the next step is to have an a2 size bit of cartridge paper because that's what he's drawing a2 yep and then with you, you two inch you, grids on yes so you so it's hot no it's two inch grid if you're if you're using an inch grid on the uh a4. reference picture yeah a4 if but you're the, using an inch grid you need to have a two inch grid wouldn't that be for a3 though no a2 no no but no it doesn't because oh because a2 is four yeah four times, four times. yeah That's that right. makes sense okay yeah. i'm with you now so a2 so you draw out on a piece of A2 cartridge paper, two inch two squares, inch, two inch squares That's right. and then you use the, the numbers and everything, the mm-hmm. letters correspond with the mm-hmm. transparent, copy that onto that. Mm-hmm. Then I'm assuming you needed an A2 
trace down or trace A2 size carbon? Well, in a situation like that, yes, you would have to use... Well, it's you, so big. No, you could move that, though, Steve, if you... I mean, it's a bit of a pain in the bum, but yeah. you put you, you, what you have to do after that is put your A2 size paper onto your drawing surface. Yeah. That's the next thing you do. And then you use the trace down to Underneath. trace the image but you'd have to move either move the trace down along or have four pieces of trace down you can Is get a you? three size oh can you i think oh. i'm pretty sure you can get a three size trace oh, down well, you can do it so if way. you can get a three size trace down then you've only got two pieces mm. that you need to put in between if you haven't got the trace down there is another way of doing it if you turn your a4 gridded paper that you've done your drawing on and you're happy with mm. over reverse side yeah and use a soft pencil something like a 6b or 4b would work 4b 6b or 8b pencil right that's a, a graphite pencil scrub the back of it you'd mm-hmm. have to scrub it pretty well so yeah. you've got basically a carbon on it that's a lot of pencil i know <laughs> yeah especially if you use ours you'd use one up yeah no and then you turn it over and you put that onto your drawing surface, secure it so it don't move around, yeah. and then you draw your image. So from. you're creating a graphite layer between... Exactly what you're doing. The same then, as you would do as a trace down. And it? then you draw over it, and it transfers the graphite onto mm. the... Okay. And once you've done that, you'd be very wise, once you take your grad, grid off, making sure that you've got all the information mm-hmm. transferred, and then you can use a pencil, something like a um, a 2B maybe, or no, I'd probably use a, an HB on that because you you want a, a clearer image. To go over them. Yeah, and you don't want any of the carbon, the uh, graphite to, to run or to, if you're using pastels, pastel can be affected by that. So you need to tidy it up. After. You need to go over the top, yeah. And if okay. you use an HB pencil over the lines again, I know this is a lot of work, and I, I, I appreciate <laughs> how much work it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and then once that's done, you can then lightly erase some of that uh, soft graphite that would be remaining on it. You can remove it. A long job, but it's an accurate way of doing it, and much, much better than drawing. Straight on. onto your pasta yeah, your yeah, paper or whatever paper. Yeah, that's how I would do it. I hope everybody's clear there. I've learned something from that. Good. <laughs> so I, I hope that's interesting. Okay, the next one's from Alice. Hi, guys. I've been looking at pastel paper that is lightly sanded and wondered what you think of this texture for pastel pencils. Any advice is appreciated. Uh, well, sandpaper. Sand yeah, I, I, I have used similar to that. It was called Colorfix, and that's very much like a sandpaper. It, it felt very rough. Yeah. And it works. It does work. Only the only problem with it is it's very difficult to erase. Wouldn't because, it destroy your eraser? Well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah it's it like would. grinding yeah. a eraser down. And the other thing is if you want to blend it like I do with my um, finger, you ruin your finger as well. Well, it would grind the colour shaper down as well, yeah, wouldn't it? Absolutely. You'd ruin everything. So... Uh, my advice is don't use sanded coloured paper. You don't need to. We've got so many other things. The ongre paper, which I, as you know, I love to sand ongre paper, which we sell, is much, much better. Pastel mat, a lot of our customers are using pastel mat. So there's so many different papers now that you mm. can get. You don't need to use sandpaper. Mm. Soft pastel works better, really, with the sand, if you've mm. got sand. Why is that? Be- well, it's... It, 
holds the pigment. You can ah, you can layer the pigment because it's more crumbly and mm. it's got more to adhere to. The sandpaper's yeah. got more yeah. the texture of the sandpaper. Yeah, it, it does give it a the, rather nice effect. I've got a, a a picture. I've still got it actually somewhere around that I did um, a picture on, and it looks very nice yeah. on on that color fixed paper. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't use it, no. Okay. Fair dues. Okay, next one from Joy on our Craftsy class. Hello, Colin. I'd like to ask two questions. First, the paper that you use isn't available to me, so I have the Strathmore 400 series sketch paper. Let's deal with that one. I don't, I don't actually know that, but I imagine if it's a sketch paper, it's white. And it's not a good idea to use white paper. Uh, pastel, by its very nature, is a dusty medium. And if you put it on white, it tends to look a little dusty. And uh, it doesn't work very well. And the other reason, of course, and people would know this, is I use a lot of white or light grey as undercolours and uh, as base colours. Well, you wouldn't see that white mm. because it's going on white paper. I know we have done work on white, uh, on using the pastel pencils on white paper, but there was a good reason for that. It was the, the black and white that we were doing at the time. But generally speaking, I wouldn't use a white paper for pastel. So there's so many other papers about, and even though they can't get our paper, I'm sure they'll be able to get a pastel paper that was uh, lightly coloured. What about sketch paper, though? What about the texture of sketching paper? Uh, well, it's not really got enough to grip the pastel or well, layer. Well, no, it, it it would work okay if if you could get, if you could get sketching paper which was uh, similar in colour to the sand that we use, then it would work probably okay. Not as good as ongre, but then I'm biased. Mm. Okay. Um, secondly, while I do own the Faber-Castell pencils, can we also use Prismacolor? No. Your Prismacolor is uh, uh, a coloured pencil. It's a very good pencil, actually, and would work very well. Oh, really? And that pencil you could use on sketching paper because it's a different kind of setup. It's not pastel. And to do what we do and to give the wonderful effects we can get with the pastel uh, pencils you do need to have pastel pencils and not the coloured pencil. Okay, so Prismacolor, I'm just having a look here at the Prismacolored um, pencils here. Are you sure they're definitely not pastel? Are they definitely not pastel pencils? Well, not not as far as I know they're not, no. I've no. never, never... Uh, no, I, yeah, I think they, they're, they they're should... looking at here, They uh, those ones, do you mean? I've got a picture up. No, no, they're not. No, I don't think they're pastel pencils. If they if they're coloured, coloured I think pencils. they're stabilo. <laughs> I, Googled, I I googled Prismacolor and got Swan Stabilo pastel no, pencils. No, okay, well, obviously not. Well, Swan Stabilo pastel pencils are okay. Yeah, you got it wrong. Yeah. Uh, those ones. Yeah, Prisma, yeah, Prism Prismacolor. Yeah. yeah, they they look very much like. Uh, no wonder you were confused then, because you had a pastel well, pencil. If I, if I look like pastel if pencils, Google, if Google says, <laughs> <laughs> you know what Google says is what it is. No, it's it's not everything to go by. Um, but we do get a lot, you know. And there's a lot of different brands and things. Oh, there are. There's a um, lot of pastel pencils around on the market now, and uh, they all work the same way. They'll they'll all work 
in, in the way we do them. The reason I am a stickler for the Faber-Castell is because I, I, I've I found that the pigmentation is good and I've used it for so many years now that uh, I, there's no point in changing. Mm. I can get the effects. There was another brand, uh, the Karen, Karen Dash. Karen Dash, yeah. They're, they're quite expensive, those ones. Are they? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I would, I would experiment. I can't experiment now. I've, I've got to the point where people are expecting me to use this Faber Castell, and uh, I don't want to experiment. I don't need to. Mm. But it's nothing wrong with other people doing it. I've said many times, if you're doing your own work, I would, and if I was doing my own work, then I'd have all the pencils. You know, I'd go and buy the whole lot, and I'd intermix them because they do intermix as long as mm. they're pastel pencils. But the way I work here, I can't do that. I have to stick to what I do. And uh, I'm very happy with the way it, it all turns out. Hmm. And I, when you have a product that you've, uh, you've relied on for so many years, you, you don't really want to change it. Hmm. I think people would be up in arms if I did that now. It would make things a bit confusing for people. It certainly it? would, yeah. Okay. A whole new range of colours. Yeah. You can't use a 101 and then a 199 and a 140, folks. You've got to use a fi- 510 and wh- whatever and whatever. Oh, it'd be chaos. Do you remember all the old um, Carbothello? A lot of them I do. A lot do of them you? I do. A, a lot of them are going now. They're, they're, they're slipping away. Did you ever, did you know, did you reference the numbers when you used to teach with those? Uh, I didn't used to teach with the Carbothello, not not in the same way. No, no, I didn't start teaching until the Faber Cell came out. All oh, right. I used to use the Carbothello uh, on the uh, on the commissions I used to do. Yeah, and all the work I did, but I never ever taught it. In fact, funny enough, you bring bring an interesting point up. The first pack I produced. Because I wasn't teaching them, but I did have a pack. In fact, I had two or three packs. Uh, was Carbothello, and I actually made a pack up uh, with Carbothello pencils on it. Really? But it was it was never sold as a product. I I just done the pack, and then I switched to Faber Castell and switched the pencils in the pack. I, I redid the picture. It was a cat, I think. I, did, I remember it was a cat and a dog, I think. I did too. I switched the pencils from uh, Carbothello to Faber-Castell. So you never sold the Carbothello pack? No, I never sold it, no. But you'd we, already we, put it together. We, we put it together. We, we'd uh, arranged it, you know, sorted it all out. It took a, it took a, quite a while to organise the pack, and it wasn't quite as good as our, the packs we subsequently did sell. Mm. But yes, it was originally. And uh, it came with six pencils? came with six pencils. I had the six pencils. How did you get on with fixing then? Did you mention fixative in that pack? No, no. No, there was no fixing. Well, by then, I'd kind of, um, you know, um, sw- shied away from fixing because of all the problems people now, I know they're having if they fix mm. now, they, and it was very dull. Um, it would have been almost impossible to do it, to be honest. When I think back, the although we use the same colour paper the same way we do now, um, the Carbothello tended to look a bit dull. That's why I sprayed it with fixative and worked on the top, so you kind of got two coats. Mm. But when I Faber-Castell came along, and right about that time when it all switched over, uh, Faber-Castell didn't need the two coats. You could do the one coat, and the pigmentation was much stronger. 
So it didn't so it really affect, far better. Didn't really affect the pack in what the contents no, no. of the teaching inside. No, I I didn't use it. Although the cat uh, subsequently that I used in on the pack of Faber Castell was a new one. I had to because the colours were very slightly different. So I had to use. Uh, I had to do the cat again hmm. when I produced a new pack. Hmm. Uh, for with Faber Castell pencils. So you had the packs before you were teaching. Oh yes, yes. So I you did. were selling. I was selling the tuitions, but yeah. not teaching. Teaching. No. But it was like a do-it-yourself pack. It was, yeah. Well, uh, I was by that time I was out demonstrating then with for Carbothello mm. and doing art societies and demonstrating at the shows with Carbothello, and that's what brought me to i think a friend of mine said why don't you do packs i said oh that's a good idea and we discussed it and uh, i said yeah well i'll produce something see what you think and then i showed him and he said it's great this is lovely but again as i say it was right on the time when i switched to faber castell so there was a lapse of a while so i didn't i didn't sell the packs at all until i started so you'd uh, switched fully switched I fully switched, and then I was used to take them around to all the art shows. I did very well. I mean, I haven't been teaching. I, you know, I didn't start teaching for uh, two years, two years, three years after I started with the uh, pastel pencils. I think it was nineteen eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven, something like that. I actually started teaching. Mm. But so there were a few years when I wasn't teaching, but I was doing a lot of uh, shows mm. and a lot of commission work as well in that time. That's quite a short period of time to go from no, discovering was. the medium to teaching it. Well, I think people... But you'd done a lot in I'd that done time. A, oh, yes. Oh, yes. It was, it was a, a full-time job, for, if you think of three years, uh, you know, and all the shows and all the demonstrations that I did as well. So I, I was doing a lot of work with them. And I even did a video on, with Carbatello. Oh, really? Mm, I video. It's still around, actually. If people, um, if people search hard enough, they'll find it. Seba Films. Is that on, it was on YouTube? Yeah. There was a little Ciba demo Films, from it. Yes. Oh, my God, yeah. I wanted to do a whole video on that actually yes yes talking about that because that was old school and that was carbatella pencils yeah because i used to i think i i on my introduction i said colored charcoal i don't think i said i didn't say pastel pencils yeah because right at that time they were calling them colored charcoal not pastel pencils yeah it is out there on youtube i'll try and find it and if i find it i'll link it very young me yeah, well, it was the 80s, wasn't it? Late 80s? Oh, no, no, no. It was earlier than that. 80? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember, Steve. It, it was... It was. Oh, it must yeah, it must have been before Faber-Castell, so that was mid, mid-80s. mid it, it, Mid-80s, yeah. Would have been mid-80s, yeah. There you go. Amazing. Well, there you go, a bit of nostalgia. We'll, we'll try and find that um, video. I'll try, and, I'll try and link it into this. Uh, blog post on the, on this podcast or something. Anyway, I'll try and find it. I don't think I don't. Th- it's on YouTube, but you don't see the whole thing. You only see little bits. Oh, of it's it. like a trailer, isn't it? Yeah, the guy trailer. the guy had created a trailer yes. for it. Yeah, that's right. So that's that's what you see. But you, you, I think the apple and the cat. Yeah, those are the two <laughs> subjects: an apple and a cat. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, well, 
and that's all I've got on the list to talk about this week. Um, and we'll be back next week with another feedback show. Um, so look out for that. And um, we'll be back in a podcast in another couple of weeks' time. So, um, yeah, we'll wrap it up. Yep. Great. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy Enjoy your week. week.